Hi, welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we talk about faith and lifestyle for young Christian women. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor. Here, you'll find conversations around the Bible, stories and testimonies from guests, and encouragement for your walk with the Lord. Before we get started, be sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Strength and Dignity podcast. Today is very special because my guest is my grandma, Grandma Julie. Hello, Grandma Hello. Julie. <laughs> We're super excited because this is, I'm almost nearing the end of my um, recording all of my co-authors for the Strength and Dignity Bible Study. And so um, Grandma Julie is my next one up. She wrote the forward thinking chapter. So we're going to dive into a little bit of her story, her testimony, some things that God's been teaching her and a few um, like her thought process and stuff while she was writing her chapter. So how are you today? I couldn't be better. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Just a little bit of like current life season. Grandma Julie lives with my family, so I'm still at my house. We didn't break quarantine. Um, And we also work together. So my mom owns a sewing store that both me and Grandma Julie work at. So we're together a lot. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you grew up, your testimony. Go for it. Okay. Well, I guess you'd say I'm a typical farm girl from central Ohio, uh, born just before World War II ended. And so I grew up during a time when people, our country was recovering, so our country will be learning that again. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> being on a farm and during a time of recovery, I guess, and in a Christian home, we were very close-knit family, and our life was all about um, provision and planning and preparation. Um, you know, farmers have to provide for their livestock they have to plan their crops they have to maintain them and harvest at the correct time and watch the timing of markets for when to sell things and Mm -hmm. so forth so uh those um preparedness things for the proverbs 31 woman were very much a way of life for us as as i grew up Mm -hmm. didn't understand their spiritual connection or consequences or anything but um, so that's kind of how I grew up. What kind of farm did you grow up on? It was a dairy farm, but Daddy also raised hogs, and we had chickens, and mm. he grew soybeans and wheat and um, corn. Grandma's also an excellent writer, and something that we do at our store is we um, have a farm-themed quilt that people come in every month to get a new piece of the quilt to make, like a little kit to make it, and uh, Grandma writes a story to go along with each one, so they all have a different theme, so um, as we've been doing that, I've, I hear stories of when Grandma grew up, but now a lot of like farm-centered stories, so that's been pretty fun, about chickens and about crops and um, about you and your sisters growing up and the bar and stuff like that so it's been really fun and raising my atomic tomatoes oh atomic tomatoes what's an atomic tomato it's one where the seed was treated with radiation and we raised it for (laughs) a science project before they figured out that probably wasn't healthy oh my gosh I've never heard of that that's amazing yes we can so many quarts of tomatoes and tomato juice that when it threatened to freeze that fall we pick the last of the crops so they wouldn't freeze, and we can 50 quarts of tomato oh juice from Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Can you imagine that? So it really that? works. Wow. Oh, my gosh. How fun. Cool. So um, what about how you got saved? So you said that you grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, describe a little bit of what that was like and then when you consider yourself to have been saved. Well, you know, 
being part of a, a church family, I just grew up that way, but I didn't understand that a personal commitment was involved. I looked on it more as a lifestyle, hmm. you know, where we go to church. Hmm. That, that, that was my thinking. And um, as a teenager, I did as little thinking about that as I possibly could. I was doing important things. <laughs> um, but just after I was married and we moved to California, our Sunday school teacher, uh, much to my surprise, he rushed up to us after church and invited us to come to Sunday school, and I was sure my husband wouldn't want to do that. And he was very excited to go. And so I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's when I do the ironing is Sunday morning. <laughs> So I went along with him thinking it would die out quickly, but we, you know, were just intrigued right away. And um, the plan of salvation was explained to us, and that's when we realized, oh, each person is accountable to make their own relationship with God. Hmm. And not, you can't write in on coattails or take a family name or something. Mm -hmm. It's you and God. So that's um, when I prayed to receive Christ in those days. Mm -hmm. And then... um, as uh, the Lord would have it, they asked Don to start teaching a Sunday school class for adults. Wow. So we were pretty sure we had Bibles somewhere. So <laughs> we looked for them because we both got them when we were nine years old and they were in boxes. And, and so you both kind of got saved at the same time, like almost uh, accidentally, mm-hmm. right? The same day. Yeah. Wow. We, we didn't know it. We didn't tell each other for a long time. But. Wow. <laughs> so we dug out our Bibles and dusted off those boxes and looked in them. And... Um, we began to uh, study the word and uh, tried to stay ahead of what was required for the next Sunday's class, and then just moved from there. Oh, wow! Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So now I've I've taught Sunday school for fifty years now. Wow, that's amazing! I didn't realize that they had you start teaching like right when you got saved. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. So how do you feel like the Lord kind of led you into learning what it is you ended up writing about in your chapter? Well, uh, early in my walk with the Lord, a pastor challenged us to um, read our Bibles every day and write some kind of entry in a prayer prayer journal every day. So that was a big deal. And I didn't know where to start. And he said, well, a starting point would be to read Proverbs because there was one for every day of the month Mm -hmm. and then to read uh, five Psalms a day. And at the end of the month... um, you have you know, have covered the whole thing. Huh. So that's how I got introduced to Proverbs 31. And then I felt slighted because not all months have 31 days. So sometimes <laughs> I would slip it in there. And then I heard uh, Dr. Jeremiah, who was president of Cedarville University at the time, Cedarville College back then, hmm. um, do a paraphrase of the Proverbs 31 woman. And it was like, my goodness, she does a lot. And I realized that's the identity I want. I like that. Hmm. That's describing what I would like to be like. And yeah. so it, um, the, I would have probably been married 10 or 15 years at the time. Wow. Um, probably about 10 years. And I had children in elementary school. And uh, it started me on a journey of really um, loving this role as a Christian homemaker. Hmm. Uh, I had been a school teacher before I had children and gladly left teaching to raise my children. But this really exalted it for me to uh, the high calling that it is and a delightful high calling. And I felt um, 
maybe inspired that I should give this as much oomph as I would a career that I wanted to be highly successful Hmm. in, you know, just really dedicate myself to it. And as I did so, I kind of, I think, had kind of martyr thinking like, well, I'll give up everything to serve everyone else. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know that it's it's where I was going to find my mm-hmm. deep reward and satisfaction. Wow. That's really cool. So how do you feel like, um, in particular, there's a few verses in Proverbs 31 that talk about being prepared, um, specifically in uh, verse 25, which is where strength and dignity comes from. Um, she laughs without fear of the future. Like that can be really difficult and sometimes impossible for some people to, if you think about what that really means, like laughing without any fear of the future. Um, we talk about that in your chapter, just like how, how to be forward thinking, yet also trusting enough that you're not actually fearful for what's to come. Um, how has that kind of played out in your life, either times that you didn't do that or times that you did? Well, I think a couple of things come into play there. For one thing, um, my husband and I were learning about tithing and giving, and um, that a tithe is a starting point, and we'd never given to that degree in our lives. Hmm. And uh, feeling like, well, if God commands a tithe, then somehow we can survive if we do that. So my husband challenged me, okay, if you want a tithe, then I can give you $60 a week to run the house and that's it. You can't spend a penny more than that because it'll ruin our budget. We'll have to be on a budget. Wow. And I said, well, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I proceeded to see how much, because that included food, clothing, toiletries, birthday presents. $60 Mm -hmm. a month or a A week? week. A week, week. okay. And I got my money once a month and um, and we had four children, so it wasn't like an empty household. Mm-hmm. Uh, so learning how to make that work and learning how close to the wire it could come sometimes, I learned about really planning ahead for it. Mm-hmm. And it was my little excitement to have uh, planned ahead and set aside a dollar here and a dollar there. So I had money in a birthday fund to be able to make a birthday cake when that time came mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and it, and we got, my husband was making very, very small amount of money at the time in order to be able to work for family. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing how God made provision when we were, because we were doing this to honor him. And we learned that the tithe was just the starting point. We learned my husband's spiritual gift was giving. So he would always give beyond mm-hmm. tithing. Yeah. So it wasn't like legalistic that way, but that was a starting point for someone who's not used to giving anything. Yeah. And uh, so as we practiced that more and more, we started to see the the beauty and the wisdom in conserving what God gives to you, Mm -hmm. managing what God gives to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you start to really enjoy what God gives to you because you're stewarding it well. Yeah. That's really cool because I feel like there's two, two the two verses that um, were kind of the instigator for this specific chapter were um, she closes her clothes her house in scarlet um, in time for winter so like she's being practically prepared um, making sure everyone has warm clothes um, and then what do you feel like the spiritual aspect of like when when you feel like there's like you actually can't control it 
um, something about the future, either just the unknown future in general, or a situation has come up that um, can be difficult to know either how to act or you didn't have a chance to prepare for it or there's the potential to have a lot of fear. I mean, even we're kind of in this right now with the coronavirus is kind of like a season of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've experienced or have any like wisdom in that area, but I feel like that's another aspect of forward thinking that can be kind of difficult. You talked about it in your chapter, like how, pr- how much prayer comes into that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, it's really important. Uh, my training to have a prayer journal early on was very important because mm-hmm. part of that was to always record your blessings. And so you really had to, some days you had to do some looking mm-hmm. to find those blessings. Yeah. But starting to recognize how God is at work in your life, um, then you look back, you read previous year's notes, and you see how he has been steadily providing and guiding and, and leading, and he's never left me high and dry. And my faith grew through that. And also, um, just the whole issue of trust, mm-hmm. uh, reaching a point where um, my concern for the future just faded to nothing. I really now, the future's a very small part of my thinking Hmm. as far as any, my life is set up to conserve and be prepared for it and to manage it wisely. And then that's part I was asked to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all the rest of it's in God's hands. And so when I lost my husband, that's probably the biggest, challenge to trusting God with your future and to uh, know that, gee whiz, I I think I should be getting really uptight about this. I should be anguishing or something or did I not love him enough if I'm not wringing my hands and Hmm. so forth. And it's like (laughs) he is experiencing eternity with his father how can i feel like that's a bad thing for him yeah i am here alone but not alone because my lord is as real as ever and so his provision is just so Mm. obvious in my face that it would be difficult for me to worry about the future yeah yeah and i remember you were telling um grammy so my other grandma um when so my other grandparents both of them are still living and grammy was just like i don't know how you can handle it and you said something about how like when the time comes he gives you the grace to handle that situation exactly you know when i thought about losing him because he had a medical emergency a couple of years before he died and you know there i was faced with it um and I couldn't imagine life without him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine going through it. I didn't want to. I still don't want to be yeah. here without him. But you, you don't have grace for imagined things. You have grace for real things. Mm. So when it was a reality, the grace was there. Mm. And I can't explain that. I didn't conjure it up or get myself all studied up so I was ready for it. And yeah. God just poured his grace out and has provided every step of the way since then. Mm. So I don't think it's anything, I think you can put your trust in God that whatever is coming, you will have grace to face it. Mm -hmm. But right now you can't imagine how you would face certain things that could be coming. Yeah. Ooh, 
That can be hard. Well, um, in this season of life, so she since then moved in with us, and after he died, I don't even remember how soon after, is when we started our store. So it's really a completely different life that you're leading that has been like prepared in some way for you um, either either by grandpa before he left or by us or by God or by you. It's like, it's just kind of fell into place. Um, so where does that like leave you right now? What are some things that God's teaching you in this season? Well, um, I always want Don back. And so that's always bottom line and I can't have that. So learning how to live with what you have when you can't have the other thing you want. Yeah. Um, you learn not just like a passive acceptance, oh well, this is my bad thing that's happening, but to realize every day has as much joy as you're willing to receive in it. Hmm. Uh, it's up to you, are you gonna receive joy or not? Yeah. Uh, are you going to live in God's protection or not? Are you gonna trust that there's a purpose for this day and you have important work to do? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you going to resent it? Mm-hmm. You know. It, it, it all lies within your power to, with God's grace, mm-hmm. to keep moving on or to uh, just crumble before the circumstances. And I sometimes, some days, because I'm, you know, up and down sometimes, mm-hmm. I would like to just have a good cry or just really feel bad or mm-hmm. like, daggone, this is just not nice. Mm-hmm. And yet, the thought always comes to me then, okay, how would you write this story? Hmm. And I can't write a better ending. Hmm. I can't write a better ending for my husband. Um, I, I am living protected. Uh, I'm being given creative outlet. Uh, I have people to love and I am loved by people. Hmm. You know, so. Yeah. What is it I would be, I just can't stay down there. Mm-hmm. Wow, praise God, that's so cool. I feel like that that's a really good illustration of the difference between, like some people I think encounter this and realize that their Christianity or their following of Christ has been more geared in the religion versus the relationship aspect is when you like encounter something like that and you've developed that like um, being in tune with the spirit I feel like do you would you say that that has helped um, like cultivating that actual relationship with the Lord has helped you along the way? Oh, absolutely. It's just um, it used to be I get up would get up in the morning. I got up before everyone else because it's the only way I could have any time to myself, and I would uh, read my Bible and pray and have my own time with God, and then the day would start settling in on me. And now. Uh, over the years, you know, 50 years of development from that point, um, every day is waking up, oh Lord, thank you, here's another day, Mm -hmm. and then just being in his presence all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, I still read my Bible, I still pray, but it's not like a set aside time. Mm -hmm. He's just every breath. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really cool. That's what 50 years looks like, guys. That's so cool. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, um, like I said at the beginning, Grandma is also an amazing author. So not only does she write little stories for our shop, but she has been, you write, written lots of Bible studies in general for your Mm -hmm. Sunday school, right? Um, And then her 
latest achievement is her own published book. So yes, she's featured in my book, but she has her own published book. Um, that's really, really cool. So I want to show it to you guys. If you're watching this podcast on video, then you'll be able to see it. If not, you can go to the link in the show notes below. But I wanted to show you guys. It's called Mother May I. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Mother May I? And if you want to look it up, um, like I said, I'll link it below, but it's also available on Amazon. Um, and you type in Juliana, J-U-L-I-E-N-N-E, Schofield Seely to find it. So go ahead and tell us about it. Well, uh, my husband always wanted me to write. Oh, he just did everything he could to get me to <laughs> sit down and write. And I just thought it was really sweet that he thought I could write and sweet that he wanted me to <laughs> and he, he bought our first computer so I could have a word processor oh. to write with uh, but it was only about three years ago shortly before he died that it hit me that I had trusted God to lead me through my husband in all things hmm. except this hmm when he would talk to me about writing, I didn't see it as God leading me to write. I saw it as my husband being really sweet and supportive. Huh. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what is it going to take to get it through my head? Hmm. So I signed up for a little online writing course and took that. And the only thing I could think of to write is a novel writing course was a thought that had been on my mind for a long time about... Um, I'm a very strong uh, supporter of life, and um, what would it be like to make the decision about a pregnancy if you were in a crisis kind of situation and found out you were pregnant? Hmm. And how does a Christian look at that? Hmm. How does the world look at that? How would you reach that decision? Because you can have a theory that says you believe a woman has a right to choose what goes on with her own body mm -hmm. or you can have a theory that says life is precious and no one should ever have an abortion mm -hmm. um, but there's some real harsh realities with going through an unplanned pregnancy and so then how do you deal with those realities yeah. so examining that became the premise for the book and that's what my um, main character is dealing with yeah and it's really cool because like you could have written like a pro-life article or something like that on like all the reasons why someone should not get an abortion. But instead, it's more of a narrative of someone really struggling through all the different reasons that there are to have one mm -hmm. um, and all the different like hard circumstances, like you're saying, that can come up. So I think um, it can bless a lot of people. So if you or someone that you know are interested in this book, go ahead, look for it on Amazon or it'll be linked below. Um, and also she is the author of the forward thinking chapter in the strength and dignity bible study so if you don't already own that you can also find the link to that in the description box below but thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your testimony and for sharing with the world your writing <laughs> well thank you for including me yeah, it's been absolutely. an honor <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Strength and Dignity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a rating and review. That would help us out a lot with the algorithm so we can reach more people looking for encouragement in their faith journey. Hope you tune in next time.